0: Hi, good evening. I'm Dr. George Andell. Thank you for joining me tonight. We're going to spend time again in my series, A Journey Through. So why are we taking this journey? We really don't have to, but those of you that are interested in taking this journey It is quite wise for many, many reasons. And not only did Jesus talk about it 2000 years ago, but it makes an incredible difference. um, When we do grow through different stages of our soul journey. As a journey through into developing a higher state of consciousness or when we don't, by the way, I know it's a little early for Halloween. Um, but I'm trying out this costume as a tomato. Um, <laughs> it's a little bright. <laughs> For those of you that can see me, I'm never sure who can and who can't. <laughs> I um, I had a, uh, I had a, a vaccine uh, today, so my arm feels like somebody hit it with a club, <laughs> and I feel a little, little strange, but I'm good. <laughs> so it's good to be here with all of you. So that being said, we look at all of these pieces, and I wish I knew who has been following me all the all along, um, so I would feel a little bit more settled um, in, you know, picking up where I've left off. Um, which I'm going to do. I'm not going to spend time because I did that last week and ran out of time. By the way, next week, we're going to have uh, um, uh, a very lovely, holy uh, man who is very dear to my heart. Um, And he's going to talk about a men's uh, consciousness group that he is affiliated with. And then uh, we have a couple of guests the following weeks after that. And then we'll come back to looking at more of this, but it's all related. So it's not that we're looking at all of this because there is anything wrong. there's anything wrong with any of you, any of us, um, we're all slightly dysfunctional. It's part of of being human. Um, The only difference is those of us that know it and those of us that don't and those of us that know it are not defending against it. And if you're not defending against it, it means that your life is already better. Um, so the ego believes that disorder or change, we're gonna just run, run over real quick, disorder um, or change is always to be avoided. Right? So we hunker down and pretend that our order, which we looked at, uh, the first mechanical uh, part of ourselves that we create intrauterine to age seven. Um, and it's not that we are consciously creating it, creating the part of ourselves. It gets created um, by what we are living amidst, whether it be the womb um, or then our habitat. Um, What we're brought up around, where we are, who we're around, and what the influence of all of that was on us. So we look to control the disorder and pretend that everything is really good as long as it is in an accordant with our truth. So Everything is good, everybody's fine. Um, And as long as you're living in accordance with my beliefs, um, then we have no challenge. We have no issue, but that is not life as we know it. So before I move on, I would like to read to you a poem that my cousin wrote. And I have a very small family I have two cousins that I'm very close with that I love and adore. I think I mentioned that I'm the youngest of my family. I have a sister seven years older. And this is written by my cousin Pennell, who's a very, very uh, well-known uh, botanical artist. And I have another cousin, Pennell, their sisters, uh, that is an unbelievable uh, author of many books. So she wrote this, uh, Olivia, and it's... The real from the unreal. The unreal that surrounds my day, woes me and beckons me to play a game that traps me in actions, debt, make-believe that causes me to forget. A type of make-believe. That life is to know God and a chance to be perfect. Yet, all that be the truth, Mind stuff is the invader and creator of the unreal. This human life is a chance to see that ultimately the real goal of the soul is to rise above illusion and confusion. The, mass, the task is to unmask and break the seal of the unreal to become one with the real. I love that. I think it's really beautiful. Thank you, uh, cousin, if you're listening. Really, really special. So, So we're not looking at this and we're not looking to do any type of inner work or consciousness work because there's something wrong with us. That's not it. We're not looking to add anything to us. We all have enough information we really don't need any more information. What I'm looking to do is to recognize, help help all of us recognize that we need to scrape away, if I may, for lack of a not so professional term, uh, away the crud, the inauthentic, for there to be revealed, the true authenticity, that lives in each of us. So to recap real quick, God is a God of order. And as we partake in this alignment of soul, we have a natural progression of psychological order that we grow with, but we are also having a natural growth process that we need to partake with that is the development of our soul. And we're connected to nature, the Christ, all one. What a time of year for those living in the Northeast. Change of season. You see the leaves dying. And in the spring, they will grow again. They will rise again. And so it is with us. Every time we scrape away or peel back some like that, that metaphor of the onion. To peel back the layers inside is more of the core of the truth of who we are. So it's not that we're looking to add anything here. We're looking to peel away that which isn't ours to reveal the truth of who we are. Now, why isn't it ours? It isn't ours because we didn't choose it. We created a mechanical self as a way to fit in to the environment that we were brought up around. Why? Because we come from love, we come from God, and we wanted to fit in. We want to be known. We want to fit in. We want to feel loved. We want to feel um, authentic. We want to feel loved and growing up if we didn't feel that way in whatever was going on most of the time that happens with siblings and when our parents are trying to teach us um, many times they will um, criticize us in the meantime not meaning to no no criticism here to them Um, but whatever they were brought up around they will parent us that way so That being said, we look to, quote, fit in. So we are looking to feel that way continually through our adult life. It doesn't happen. So God invites us into metanoia, which means to turn around or to change our minds. We began our program with Uh, Four weeks ago, five weeks ago, with um, that, God relayed to me going beyond the limits of the mind, go beyond the limits of our mind. And that's what we're called to do, that we are bigger and greater than our mind. We are not our mind, just like we're not our feelings. We cannot identify ourselves with that. We have thoughts. And we have feelings, but they do not define us. Okay. So we're called to walk in alignment with God. And oftentimes that doesn't happen. So when we don't follow, we miss the mark. And we know from the original Greek text that the term sin means missing the mark. um, And we create for ourselves here a hell. Um, God doesn't do that. God doesn't create suffering or any of that. We do. We do by our uh, choosing in ways that are not out of love, that do not serve us, and therefore um, one another. Um, We are the master of our thoughts. We are the master of our thoughts. Do we know what we think? Can we observe our thoughts? The voice in the back of our head. The one that says what voice? Do we observe our thoughts? Do we know what we're thinking? We are the master of our thoughts. We're not a master of controlling other people, but we are in charge of our thoughts or not. We first have to see what we're thinking before we can take charge of them and change them, grow them, bring them to prayer, have them expand, go beyond the limits of the mind to a deeper place of truth, universal truth, collective consciousness, because we are not doing this work just for us. We're doing it for one another. I do it for you you do it for me, we do it for one another, because we are all connected. We're all one. And certainly in these times, we need to get a grasp on that, with all of the hate going on in the world. We're going to take a a break in about 20 seconds. Thank you for joining me. I'll see you in in a couple of minutes. Be right back.
1: You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
2: Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc.
1: Hey, all you listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc.
0: So we're not the master of anyone else's thoughts, but we are the master of our own. And this is a very important piece. Many people call it mindfulness. We also are responsible for how we react to another. So we cannot take charge of someone else and have them show up in a way that fits us which is what the small mind of the ego does. We are called to know ourselves, know what, quote, triggers us, what we don't like, how we react to that and grow through that and change our behaviors so that we are much more whole and much more in touch with ourselves and one another. When we think that we have all of this together and we can do it on our own, we are, gra- we are gravely mistaken because uh, if we think that we're not in the need of higher power, we are really um, out of touch in many ways because we do need our higher power. Why? Because that's part of us. That's our true self that lives in us and if we are not growing into that then we are stagnating and if we are not growing into that and if we feel that we don't need that then we're operating in life with only half of ourselves and generally it's not even our whole self and scripture tells us this in john 15 jesus says I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. Remain in me, grow in me, so I also will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain on the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So, remember at the beginning of the show, I said, where I use the word of uh, Jesus, you can use the word whatever you want, higher power. Um, you know, for me, um, my relationship is certainly with, with, with Jesus, but God calls us to relationship. And by the way, God will call each of us uniquely, will call each of us uniquely. So God calls me differently than God calls you, God calls your family member differently than God calls you. God meets each of us where we are, depending on who we are. Um, so in pride, we lose perspective and we lose alignment, the natural alignment with the universal order. And I said last week, um, if we were to look at nature, because we are part of that universal order, it would be like a rose um, saying, I don't need the soil to grow. I can uproot myself and go in the cement and grow. We know that that's not happening. So Jesus told us in the universal order, he said that the truth will set you free what truth? What truth? Jesus lived and died for us to hear his teachings. His pictures of Jesus, you know, in pure white carrying a fluffy lamb and that's beautiful and I love that. But Jesus was quite a warrior. He was not, um, he, was, he was a, a, a radical loving, but certainly a warrior. And um, he came to bring a new consciousness to all of us. And in that, the authority figures uh, killed him. We're all responsible for the death of Jesus, every single one of us, because it's the same brokenness out of lack of consciousness that killed him, which is why I've committed myself to this work so that we can all work together to elevate our consciousness, to make it a better world. His teachings are the the way, the truth, and the light. And Jesus never said, worship me, although it's lovely to sing beautiful songs to, to, to Jesus and to God, the God of your understanding, our higher power. But Jesus didn't say, worship me. He said, follow me. And that's a very tall order um, because if we do not follow, um, we cannot master our thoughts um, in the reordering process um, that we are called to. Um, I don't know what year it was, but Albert Einstein wrote, no problem can be solved by the same consciousness that caused it. And when you really pause and reflect on that and think about that, that's exactly what we all do. We use the same consciousness that created the issues inside of us. We use that same consciousness to to try to change it. So, We're all part of Christ. Christ is not Jesus's last name. It's part of creation. And when we are not, when we do not align ourselves with the universal order, we regress and we just look to live with what's familiar. And we're gonna have a segment on relationships. I'm going to do pieces on relationships because I do I work with a lot of couples, and um, it's just fascinating to see um, what goes on and how each person is bringing whatever they were brought up around, the relationship they saw between their mother and father in the marriage, and how um, they are recreating that from their unconscious. Because if we're not recognizing our unconsciousness, then we are operating out of that unconsciousness. Um, And we spoke about a couple of shows ago that only 10% of ourselves are conscious. The rest of us, our consciousness, is. uh, if we're going to compare it to a glacier, and this is the waterline, 90% of it is uh, at the bottom of the glacier. Uh, And this is uh, some of the workings of uh, Carl Jung. So again, uh, we're going to now move to uh, disorder and then on to reorder. So um, God gave us free will. So we do have free will to develop our consciousness. Um, We have a choice on how we want to see things, how we want to think and what we want to believe. And if we don't do the work and look at what we are thinking, feeling, feeling. Then we are living someone else's clearly. So, what are your thoughts? What are your choices? Are your thoughts and your choices your own, or are they someone else's that was handed down to you? Now, this is a very, very important topic because of uh, prejudice and. Whatever you were brought up around, whatever any of us were brought up around and what we heard in the household is inside of us. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that as we grow, we need to look at, is this really my truth or is it someone's truth that was infused in me, right? The world is our own making, From what's inside of us, that becomes our world. It becomes our reality. But if we don't wake up, what we do is we point the finger out here. Always remember that when we're pointing the finger, the thumb is coming back at us, right? So when we are not doing our work, our inner work, then um, we look to project outward that it is out here is making me feel this way, it's doing it to me, and I don't have any responsibility in it, and that's not the truth. So perhaps we want to pay attention to our habitual thinking patterns, okay? So just to summarize before I move on to uh, disorder and quickly on to reorder, um, and we're talking about the ordering of our consciousness. Um, and what happens with it. So remember in the first order, it's not wrong, but it's limited. And it doesn't define us, but yet we think it does in many ways in our unconscious. It's our mechanized self, a mechanical self that we created in a physical sense. It's like what we learned in driving a car. We don't have to think about it. We get in the car, we put it in, I was gonna say we put it in reverse. Yeah, well, maybe. You put it in in drive, and you step on the gas, take the emergency brake off, and off you go. You don't have to think about it, right? And I mentioned last week, how many times have we gotten in the car, and we arrived at our destination? It's like, wow, I don't even remember driving here. Um, I don't think that happens to just me, although I could be wrong. Um, And it also happens on an emotional uh, situation also that we're experiencing um, everything uh, in the outer world. And all of a sudden something jumps out of our mouth, an opinion or, an, or a uh, racial slur. And it's like, wow, where did that come from? I, I don't even know where that came from. Well, guess what? It came from somewhere deep in here, deep in here. So our work, As we face these parts of ourselves, it is very important to recognize that we are in process and in progress. It's not about judging ourselves. It's about learning to love and live with ourselves as we face these different pieces that we are asleep to. Because unless we grow in this way, we never really come to know ourselves and we don't come to recognize whose we are. We belong to God. So we also looked last week at disorder and we're going to focus now on disorder for a couple of minutes when we come back and um, we're going to move on to reorder um, as a summary for this evening. I thank you so much, and I'll see you in a couple of minutes when we return. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
0: Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are
2: you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness?
0: Welcome back. I have a um, little 15-year-old um, little little guy. One of these days I'll show you. Uh, for those of you that don't know him, his name is Oscar. So he's here with me. Just have to see if he's okay in between. So um so all of us usually avoid that which might be uncomfortable. But unfortunately we'd all like to be comfortable more than uncomfortable. We don't like to have certain feelings we don't like. Um, but God is interested in the development of our soul. So many times when we grow to change and grow to stretch and go beyond what we, uh, presently, uh, depend on, count on as a way to function in the world, um, which I mentioned a moment ago—that you know our upbringing was to prepare us um, to function in the world, not only with physical tasks, but to deal with um, ourselves in the world, um, dealing with people, people, places, and things. Right. So, um, you know, sooner or later, the spiritual path—some event, person, illness relationship um accident god forbid uh will enter our lives and for all of us and the situations happen um and when they do many times um we don't necessarily have the skill set that we were taught growing up and it is this place that we usually, when people usually begin to pray, because we recognize that our acquired knowledge, our psychological learning, our or um, our willpower, our strong will, are not working. And by the way, what suffering is, is when we feel out of control. Notice it in your life. And when, you know, how you struggle the most is when you feel that you don't have control over situations, people, places, and things. So, you know, God comes to us as life, and God uses all of life to stretch us and grow us through, right? And we... we, in these situations, as we are in disorder um, in our life, we're we're brought to the edge of our private resources. So, what what resources? Those that we developed, but it's the only way that God, mystery. I call uh, God as mystery because none of us know what God, who God is. Um, we only know because uh, you know Jesus in many ways. Uh, Jesus walked the face of the earth and revealed to us what it would be like to be human as he was also divine. And we have that divine particle in us, which I'm going to talk about in a moment. But in the awareness we're looking at, mature spirituality keeps us, keeps pushing us into the necessary falling apart. We need to, quote, fall apart because the false self has to die has to die, and there are some things, uh, some scripture that I wanted to read to you, um, but I'm going to wait, because I'm afraid I'm going to run out of time again, so in the disorder, the disorder is shaking up the order that we've created, that which we depend on, that which we lean on, that which we believe in, as the way, the truth, and the light but it is not, and we cannot fully trust it, we can't fully rely on it, and it does let us down. Um, and it's meant to, because what feels like a uh, a stumbling uh, stumbling stone is actually a stepping stone, and will bring us to the next level of consciousness if we want it, if we want it. And that's what I wanted to read you uh, from scripture. If you have a chance, you want to take out your Bible? It's the parable of the wedding uh, banquet. And um, it reveals how we are all invited. And um, how so few of us say yes. So few of us say yes. The ego does not want to change. And it's the small mind of the ego because it's the unhealthy part of us. Right. So, God pushes us by disillusionment um, of, the, of the present moment. And in the events of disorder, we begin to awaken to the journey through, beyond the limits of the mind. And, you see, each of us is a piece of our creator, God. Each of us is a piece of the creator, as with our mom and dad we have their DNA. God is desiring for each of us to awaken to the reality that the expression, this is reality, that the expression of God's DNA. is calling us to become by saying yes so that this divine, spiritual DNA can be activated within us. So God lives in each of us and we are a piece of God. And God has created each of us With unique gifts and we are called to find out what those gifts are and to use them to use those gifts for the fullness and betterment of all of humanity, not just ourselves, but for the betterment of all of life. When I taught, I taught a piece at the seminary here in Huntington and uh, for the pastoral formation. Institute, which was a great program. Um, I think it was a three, three-year program, and anyway, I'm sorry, yada, yada. So I want to read this to you from Corinthians uh, 12, first Corinthians is two letters, First Corinthians uh, verse uh, 15 through six, 26, chapter 12, and Jesus tells us, um, actually, uh, anyway, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And it goes on to talk about if one part suffers, Every part suffers. And in translation, what it's saying is that God is the fullness, the body. God is the creator. We are the body parts. And each of us is a part, has God in us. Each of us is a part of that body. And we are to be with each other with respect and love because we're all one. We're just different parts of that one body. And we're each given different gifts as part of this one body. That's why what's going on in the world now with the terrible hate that's going on and the prejudicial thoughts and actions and feelings. It had to come out, it's been there forever. It has to end. We are no different than each other. Doesn't matter how much money you have, how much wealth you have, how how beautiful you are. It doesn't, doesn't matter the color of your skin, the size of your nose, it doesn't matter. We're all one. God is the creator, and we are parts of this one body. And God is inviting us always to look, to integrate the humanity with the divinity so that we can grow into the unique soul of God that God made each of us to be. So my point before mentioning the seminary was that I was doing a piece on when we choose a profession, whatever our gifts are. So if someone's an engineer, he can either choose to do something with that gift to support humanity, or he can build bombs. We have a choice. What are we thinking? What do we want? Who do we want to serve? Certainly not this world. Remember we spoke, I think two weeks ago of the true and false selves. Well, Jesus tells us in John 12, verse 24, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain of wheat. But we are called to allow our egos to die so that we can grow more fully and broadly into a fuller, truer human being in the name of God. And I think we're taking a break right now. So I thank you. Oh, I have one minute. So when we come back, we're going to finish, reorder. And I wish I could take some of your questions. I would hope that you'd have some, I really wanna Thank you for listening, for those of you that are. And I hope that you feel touched by some of it. Thank you. See you in a little bit.
1: Thank you. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC, Uplift, Educate, Empower.
0: Put a piece of ginger in my mouth. i to take that out. Okay, so I think I do have time to, I like to combine um, scripture with the psychological um, premise, which is um, what we're doing here, psychological commentaries of the gospel. And this is Matthew 22. And um, it is the parable of the wedding banquet. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his fields, another to his business. They seized his servants, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready. But those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the streets and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find. All peoples, all peoples. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding garment. He asked him, how did you get in here without a wedding garment, my friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hands and foot and take him outside into the darkness. So if I was to Uh, interpret this Jesus is talking about the king being God and the son being him the persons that came before him quote the servants or the attendants that were inviting and were invited were the prophets that came before Jesus that were destroyed, killed, and shut down. Those that are invited are all of us and many are called, but few say yes. So his first choosing was of uh, the people of Israel, which were the chosen people of the time and we always have to remember when this was written, the type of the people that that wrote it, and what they what they where they were in their uh, faith at the time and when they said no and They went back out in the streets and invited all the others. That's all of us. All of us are invited. Some came, but you can see that the first offering, the first invitation, most people said no. So the man that didn't have the wedding garment, the interpretation of that is that God could see that he was not awake or willing. The wedding garment is that which we put on in willingness to awaken to what is happening at the wedding feast. The wedding feast is what we're all invited to. It's the fullness of life. It is the fullness of awareness. It is beyond the small minds of the ego. This man didn't have the willingness, he didn't have the desire to awaken, which is why the king, quote, God, went to him and said, please, you know, escort him outside. So, the purpose of me reading this is that all of us are invited, but we need to partake in the invitation Just like everyone that Jesus saw that was wanting something from him, like Bartimaeus, I spoke of him in the second second show, I believe, that everyone that Jesus, that is coming before Jesus, he could see that they needed something. He could see what they needed, but they had to name it. They had to claim it. God has to see our willingness and our desire to want to participate in a relationship with God and grow and to make a difference in our own lives and in the lives of one another. So in the reorder, this true self, that we scratch the dirt off the false self. The true self is the secret self hidden in each of us. It's the one and divine freedom. It is God in us, through us. As Christians, we call it the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I must go, knowing he was going to be crucified because he said, I, "I I must go to leave you the paraclete which in the which in the uh, the text the uh, Greek translation is helper. We have that in us. What a gift! What a gift! Think about this: that we have God in us to turn to, to go to, to develop a higher consciousness out of which to live. We go through life looking to." Substitute that out of our unconsciousness. No criticism, no judgment. I spent most of my my life unconscious. Thank you, God, that I woke up. I remember. I remember the difference. I remember the contrast. I remember how I was sleepwalking through life. I remember. And I remember now at times when I fall asleep. Thank you, God, that I have the awareness that I have fallen asleep so that I can wake up again and recognize the different parts of myself, recognize and accept all of the parts of myself, the parts I wish I didn't have in there and the parts that I feel good about, but they're both in there, but I have a choice over which one I wanna feed, right? Remember the two wolves story? There were the two wolves and he was telling his grandchildren the bedtime story. In each of us, there are two wolves. One is made of kindness and love and gentleness and sweetness and appreciation and generosity, and the other one is greedy and mean and nasty and judgmental, and they're in constant battle. They're fighting with each other. And the grandchildren said, oh my goodness, grandfather, they're fighting, who's gonna win? And grandfather said, the one that you continue to feed. Do we have a desire? to recognize which one we want to feed. Richard Rohr tells us that our deepest freedom rests in what the will of God has in store for us and to learn and partake what that is. Our freedom is free from the prison of our own illusions. And it comes with realizing that that can end and that everything is pure gift. And above all, we ourselves are gifts and that we must first accept that God loves us unconditionally so that we can learn to love ourselves and to one another. I hope this was helpful and we are each being sifted like wheat to be refined and to regain the truth of who we are in God, in the fullness of our personage. Amen. Thank you so much, God bless, and I look forward to seeing you next week with my guest. And all of these, the past sessions, you can um, they record them all. you can get on talkradio.nyc. Thank you. Good night.
1: listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
3: Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, politics, all around what makes a great leader the personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc, Listen to real stories of real leaders.
2: Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc.
4: Are you a curious person, always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? Then join me, Antonia, host of So Now You Know, Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Listen in as I attempt to satisfy that curiosity. I will be talking with amazing everyday people. Join the fun. So now you know on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc.
1: Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc.